Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Stunned Chelsea to keep their survival hopes alive while Arsenal keep a nose in front in a North London chase for Champions League football. Rafael Leao ensures Milan remain the Scudetto front runners while Real Madrid are crowned La Liga champions. The points are split in the Al Form and much, much more as Kigo Lasso Weekend recap with Heath Pierce begins right now. Welcome to Kego Lasso, our weekend recap. YouTube.com forward slash Kego Lasso, Kego Lasso pod on Twitter. We want your comments. We want your questions. If you're an Arsenal fan, how are you feeling? If you're a Tottenham, how are you feeling? If you're a West Ham fan, how are you feeling? Everybody, how are you feeling? Heath Beers, how are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I feel uh, relieved. Uh, I feel nervous. Uh, LME, you know, anytime that. Uh, Villa are in this chase for for certain things. It's it's it feels good, but it also feels like am, am I you know am I too excited? Where do I where should I rest uh, my 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 excitement and my anxiety at the same time? But great weekend for football, and I can't wait to talk about it. Absolutely, yeah. Um, I I know what you mean, but I think uh, you know we never chase for anything, Villa. We're running away from things. Uh, so <laughs> but I, 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 I get I get what you're the, saying. The, the big the big boulder that's chasing you uh, uh, down the hill, type of thing, you know. Exactly, exactly. Last night I dreamt that the hamburger was eating me. That's exactly the sentiment <laughs> that Villa fans have every time. But welcome everybody. It's good to have Heath Pierce HP in the house from In Soccer. We trust uh, a lot of really good stuff over there, Heath Beer. so I commend you. You talked to Hector Moreno this past weekend. We did, oh, we, we did. He was, uh, this week, yeah, he was He was amazing. It was actually really uh, a nice relief, you know. Obviously, in the context of most current players, they talk about the season, they're very guarded into those types of things, but he was very open in a way that you wouldn't expect from a current player, and it was more of a conversation than an interview of question, answer, question, answer, which was you know, I think it's good. And, and I mean, he's got, he's going to, he's going to be able to do whatever he wants when he's done playing, but to have somebody like that, especially from the Mexican side who probably, I mean, not probably, they get it way worse than we do in the U S in terms of the media, you know, it'd be really easy for you to just shut down, but he just continues to open up and, and makes for fun conversation. So if anybody who hasn't uh, heard it or watched it, uh, go on over to uh, in soccer, we trust and take a look. I appreciate uh, LME giving me the opportunity to uh, plug that a little bit. Absolutely, man. I mean, and Hector is a great guy. He's a friend. Yeah, I know how good he is in English and Spanish. So, uh, you know, doing some commentary. So that's good stuff there. Where are you, by the way, HP? You're not in your usual settings. I am in uh, Phoenix, well, on the suburbs of Phoenix in Mesa, Arizona. We've got our uh, Alianza de Football finals. So here we got the uh, National Showcase. We've got the Sueño kids. This is the profiles. So we have all these kids trying out in front of, uh, you know, 50 plus scouts um for, uh, across the board from different mls teams u.s soccer fmf um league mx so a number of these hispanic kids who've been selected from the different 10 different cities that we do our our tours in are now here to be able to play some some matches in, in front of some scouts so it, it should be a i mean we've got other programming as well an adult tournament that's wrapping up today we have a youth tournament that's wrapping up today but this is the the, the tryout portion of it is the thing i'm most excited about but yeah i'm here for the next few days and uh yeah it should be a, a really fun and very hot experience, by the way. It's 64, 65, 66 where I left in, in L.A. this morning. It's 94, 95, and 96 while I'm here in uh, Arizona. So uh, sunblock. Hey, like the old rap, rap lyrics says, hey, we don't stop hotter than an Arizona rooftop. And uh, you know that Arizona is hot, <laughs> hot, hot. And by the way, Alias, the football and everything that you guys do there with Ventures is really great. I know that I covered it a little bit when I was with Sports Illustrated, given Hispanic communities a chance to shine. I love it, man. So uh, keep it up. Love all that stuff. Uh, Trey Stockton is in the chat. I know he's saying, Hala Madrid. I know that we're getting a lot of Real Madrid fans happy. Yeah. I'm very happy for you. We're going to talk about it, Madrid fans. I promise you. There is no bigger Carlo Ancelotti fan than yours truly. I promise. We'll talk about it. But we have to begin with some sad news, sadly. Uh, uh, as everything was kicking off on Saturday, 
Mino Raiola, the super agent, passed away. Obviously, very sad to hear that. Um, he leaves a legacy behind our friend Fabrizio Romano covering and obviously knows uh, his his rise and obviously his life uh, as well. Uh, our friend Gab Marcotti wrote a really great piece as well on ESPN. So, you know, we just wanted to take this moment to send our condolences to his family, his his loved ones. You know, many of us obviously didn't know him personally, but over three decades, Raiola represented, you know, some of the best names in Europe from Dennis Bergkamp to Nedved, Ibrahimovic, Balotelli, De Ligt, Pogba, Haaland. You know, he he leaves behind quite the imprint uh, on football, Heath Pierce. And, you know, when, when somebody passes away, especially as somebody as influential as Mina Raiola, you know, the football world comes together and just sends his uh, condolences to, to his family and his loved ones. Yeah, you know, not only did he have some top players, but, but he had some of the biggest superstars and egos uh, that we've been blessed with in the football world. And to navigate that as a personal assistant, mentor, father figure, agent, super agent, you know, uh, delivery service, driver, all the things that you have to do to keep these people happy. It's a, a remarkable career um, and an imprint that he's left on the game. So obviously our condolences to the entire football community and and and, and Mino's family uh, most specifically. Yeah, and I really recommend everybody to read uh, my friend Gab Marcotti's piece uh, regarding his life. Uh, you know, you'll get to know a little bit more about him, more than just uh, the professional side of him. But our condolences to to his family and his loved ones. All right, uh, we're going to move on here. As we said, we're recapping the weekend. We got plenty to discuss, including a Champions League report. We'll give you some updates. And uh, Heath and yours truly will give you a report on the teams that obviously have to face each other in the second leg of the semifinals of the Champions League. And that's after the Premier League recap. We'll do some Serie A notes as well as Bundesliga, the old firm as well. Uh, happened earlier today and some final thoughts from around the globe all right well let's begin with happy Heath Pierce happy Arsenal fans after you know Tottenham did the job earlier today as they beat Leicester 3-1 and obviously added the pressure on that top four race we know what's going on with Man City and Liverpool so obviously Chelsea still hanging on, but that fourth spot is crucial. And Arsenal beat West Ham. Give me your thoughts. Uh, a very tricky situation, but defensively, very impressive, Heath Pierce. But in the end, the Gunners take three points over the Hammers. Yeah, I mean, the Hammers were, were, were good, and, and it went back and forth for, for a decent amount of time there. And uh, But this is a professional performance that I really like from, from Arsenal, being able to get their lead and, and, and keep it. Obviously, went up once before, gave up a goal just before the half, and to go into the second half and, and, and hold on the way that they did, I think is a remarkable growth of this team who I think at times would have given up a goal, even if they're not playing at their particularly best what I'm interested in now is, is how this, you know, we're talking about the top four race, but Chelsea are not clear anymore of, 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 of third. You know, uh, Arsenal are three points. Granted, both, I think, Arsenal have got a pretty tricky schedule to see the season out. Uh, Spurs have a, a pretty tricky schedule to see the season out. Uh, I, I think uh, in terms of uh, Chelsea themselves, probably have the easier of, of the, the, the final games within the season, but still, it's no cakewalk for them. They have not been at their best in, in, in the last sort of, I guess, month or so, and It'll be interesting to see the way this uh, this way this starts to take shape. Now, you know, LME, if you were you were uh, I guess a a betting man, um, do you think that there could be a potential sort of top three mix in this with Chelsea, or do you think this is about you know Spurs or Arsenal? And 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 if so, like I, you know, who do you think uh, who do you think uh, has, who not who needs it more, but who do you think actually finishes off? We can talk about who needs it more after, but. Yeah, no, a very good question, my friend. And we're going to get into the Everton-Chelsea game, but you do bring up a good point. Chelsea's only three points above Arsenal. Arsenal, by the way, a really good job today over West Ham. Defensively, I was very impressed. After Arsenal won 2-1 up, you know, and obviously I would, you know, give us your comments on the Ramsdale-Jared Bowen situation, but defensively, it was very difficult, very difficult for West Ham to break them down. Arsenal were very good, very resilient. You know, it wasn't just a creative side. And that's something that I've been noticing a lot from Arsenal. To your point, obviously, they had to do the business after Tottenham took care of business of themselves against Leicester City. And the question for everybody, which is a good one, Heath Pierce, is like, what, what is happening now 
to Chelsea, of course. And I'm looking at that last game, by the way. You know, not the last game, but the North London derby between Arsenal and Tottenham will be crucial. But now the remaining matches for Chelsea, they're going to face Wolves away at Leeds, who are like scrambling to stay in the Premier League, of course. Then they got the FA Cup final. So how much is that going to be of a nuisance for them uh, after, after, after they go for their own trophy there? Then they're hosting Leicester City and then at home to Watford. So, you know, it is pretty interesting in terms of like the remaining schedule for them. Lukaku was not used at all today, Heath Pierce. So, yeah, I know that we're talking a little about Chelsea right now, but they, they've got their own issues. And obviously the biggest one, which I think remains on the proverbial shoulders of every Chelsea personnel, which is what happened with Roman Abramovich and the sale. And I feel like Arsenal and Tottenham are taking full advantage of this now. And it's, it's interesting. The goal differential between Chelsea and Arsenal is substantial. So I think that Chelsea should be fine with that third spot. It's really the fight for fourth Heath Beers. I think that the North London will dictate a lot of that. But I'll throw a question back to you and to everybody, Heath. Who needs this more, this fourth spot? Arsenal or Tottenham? I mean, I'm trying to make this seem not selfish in terms of uh, the way that I answer this. But I think Arsenal do. I think there's been this ebb and flow throughout the season. Don't get me wrong. Spurs have had the same ebb and flow. Perhaps even worse uh, in terms of the, the the form of the season. Harry Kane, him and Son, uh, not being great to start the year. Now being arguably one of the best players in the Premier League, at least over the last month or two. Uh, on who needs this more? And I think I think Spurs probably... Here's what I think. Arsenal need it more because I think it will justify the signings that they need to bring in to add to this youth and this crop and this sort of where they're at in this project. I think they really need that to get, they need to get the Champions League to be able to do that, justify the spending. Uh, uh, whereas Spurs, I think Spurs are actually at a point that we saw in January of wanting to clean house with some of these players. I still think that Harry Kane could go in the summer and, uh, Perhaps they don't make those changes if they if if they do qualify for Champions League. Maybe they do. I don't know. It just feels like for me, Arsenal need that to justify that moment. Whereas Spurs, I think, are going to continue to go through this evolution of uh, of players change. So I guess they would need it just as much because of the funds and things like that. But for me, selfishly, and I guess non selfishly, I think Arsenal need it the most just to justify what they've been doing, justify the fact that you can still get results with with young players and inexperienced players on the field. Um, and then for me as a fan, I want to see Arsenal in the Champions League, but I want to see a good Arsenal. I don't want to see an Arsenal that just finishes fourth and don't even make you know Europa League or drop out of whatever. I want to see them uh, going into that and then building a team that I think has you know slowly getting better. If you look at Arsenal, I mean not Arsenal, if you look at Liverpool, you look at Man City, the year-over-year change isn't huge. It's sort of one-two players, surplus to requirements. Let's add pieces. Let's keep the core of the team together. Let's get the best out of those players. And and um, I think I think both Arsenal and Spurs have the opportunity to do that. I don't think Spurs have the team of the future at the moment. I think they have the team of the now. Uh, and it could be the last-ditch effort to get into the Champions League with those players before they move some of them on. Yeah, this is it's a difficult question because it's all yeah. about. I mean, I just what, talked myself in circles, by the way, for for three minutes as to what's the mo- more important. I mean, if I'm a Spurs fan, it's a Spurs. If it's Arsenal, it's Arsenal. But for the teams themselves, I really, I mean, I don't know the answer to that. Of who is this more important for? For the exact reasons that I just talked in circles on. Yeah, look, no, that's why it's a difficult question, right? Because on one side, Arsenal are relying on the fact of what Mikel Arteta said a while ago, which is be patient, Arsenal fans. We are building something and hopefully it will come to fruition. And and that's, you would think, the moment right now. This is it. You got you to gotta really grab this Champions League spot. This is very important for the project. Arsenal fans will say to themselves, we've been patient, Mikel Arteta. We are seeing what you're doing. It's looking good. But, you know, the end product should be a Champions League spot. From a Tottenham perspective, it's less so much of a long project as opposed to this is why Antonio Conte is here. And if we don't get Champions League football, I'm a little bit worried about A, him and his future and B, Harry Kane as well. I know that Rafa Cardenas just made a comment about no way Levy's going to let him go. Well, listen, I mean, how long? Point? Yeah. How long can you hold on to him for? I mean, I, unless obviously, can you turn down like 150 million from a man? See, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but like, you know, it, Champions League football is very important for both teams for similar reasons, but coming from different perspectives. 
But that, but that's sort of my – and it's hard to say now because Harry Kane's in phenomenal form right now. So it's not an argument that, that that's necessarily justified. But if you do go to Champions League, the temptation is going to be that this is the year. This is the year. This is the year. And it's been the year for like three or four years for them now. And this is how I feel about David De Gea at, at, at Manchester United. Unbelievable player. Has gotten them so many points. But at the same time, you start to go, well, it's not about whether or not he's a good player. It's about sort of moving on from – from the attempt that we had kind of, you know, kind of, you know, you know, mending our wounds and moving on for the next thing. Whereas Harry Kane is no matter what you go to, you go to champions league next year. If it doesn't work out or the team's not flying in champions league, you're going to have the same conversations of is January. He's going to, he's going to leave in January. He's going to leave at the end of the year. Whereas maybe you could get some money for him and you could, whatever, where I feel like that temptation of a champions league spot would be the exact thing that makes this team stagnant versus, okay. Yeah. Harry Kane in champions league. Is uh, for Spurs is better than not having Harry Kane, but it could be the thing you need uh, to, to to make the changes necessary to build for the future. I just I'm just thinking if I'm Harry Kane, and I'm the you know I'm such a pivotal factor for the England team, which by the way the World Cup's in November, of course, and everything else, and I'm looking at all my national team teammates, similar to the Jack Grealish situation when he went to City, he wanted Champions League football. I feel like Harry Kane really wants that as well. It's it's important for both sides. It's going to be very crucial to see what happens. As we said, the North London derby will be a major factor. You mentioned Manchester United very quickly on that. What are your thoughts, by the way, on Rav Ranić and, uh, you know, uh, doubling up and uh, playing the real-life version of FIFA career mode where he's going to be consulting Manchester United and and also managing a national team on, a, on the weekends? Yeah. I mean, I it's hard for me to know what the life of a national team coach is like but I know we saw Roberto Martinez was doing TV work Thierry Henry was doing TV work we see national team coaches clearly having the time on certain days to be able to put their time and energy into other things um so I don't want to I don't want to devalue the ability to have free time and express yourself in other ways but those are two massive projects right Austria falls short finished behind Israel and World Cup qualifying this is an Austrian side that used to be very very good and so that's going to be a project. And, and, and obviously, Ralph Ranić loves projects. Man United are also a massive project. And now there's consulting there. And, you know, we put on the suit and tie and hop on the Zoom call every, you know, Tuesdays and Thursdays for two hours to walk through methodology and where are we going and be a lending hand. It seems like it's going to be a lighter job. But for the Austria thing, I think that would be clearly his full-time role. In the, and the consulting thing might actually end up being something that was agreed upon to take the deal. And he would be a, a voice in the room, but probably not the voice in the room. Yeah, my only thing is this, like Man United made their bet. Like you knew that he wasn't exclusive, so he could have easily done. So it's not Ranić's fault if he wants to bring something else. That's fine. It's just that to your point, United are a club that need everybody to be 100% in. Like uh, even consulting, like everything just needs to be Manchester United, Manchester United, that needs to be my only focus. And then the, it just uh, it's not good optics for Manchester United to suddenly be like this guy who's currently managing your club, who's meant to be part of the voice when it comes to the direction of the future of the club, is now saying, oh, by the way, I'm going to be managing a national team as well. There's a big there's a big summer ahead for this club and Eric Ten Hag. And there's a reason why in that Brentford game you were hearing all over, you know, uh, Glazers out, et cetera, et cetera, because, you know, they, they, they want all this attention. It's just not good optics. You need everybody to be 100 percent on this thing. Like, I'm sorry. It's just, yeah, I agree. It's, it's not, it's not Ranić's fault. It's just that, you know, it, you're just asking for trouble when you're saying, oh, by the way, anybody that's involved in our club is also going to be managing a national team. Are you kidding? Come on. Come on, man. Yeah, Come optically, on. it's very – it's, 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 it's the last thing that you want optically if you're a Man United fan to be like, we've got a part-time uh, guy right now that's, you know, working down, working two jobs, three jobs. Like, optically, it's, it's a worst-case scenario because – whether or not he has the bandwidth or the capability to do that is irrelevant, right? Maybe he does. Maybe that is part of it. But optically, it looks really bad if you're a fan that's kind of on your last legs, that's exhausted, that's sort of been like, what are they doing here? How is this okay? It's, it's not th the best way to win people over is to not feel like either you're, you're on or you're off. And, and if, if you're not fully in this, then we need to have somebody who is. Yeah, and it's not Ranik's fault. It's, it's Manchester United's bad. And you made it, so you got to, you know, exactly line it or whatever. All right, very quickly, I know that you mentioned Chelsea, but Everton, what a massive win for Everton, by the way, earlier today as well. Jordan Pickford, 
I feel like he's on the ground longer than a Ken Burns documentary, but you know, it works for him, whatever. But what a, what a performance from Jordan Pickford and Everton, by the way. And you know, it's, it's amazing because now obviously they have a game in hand on Leeds United who lost big time against Man City. Toffee's remaining fixtures, by the way, away at Leicester, away at Watford, at home to Brentford, at home to Palace, and then away at Arsenal. But, you know, this is pretty, pretty intriguing now, uh, Heath Pierce, because Watford lose to Burnley. We beat Norwich. Aston Villa beat Norwich. So sadly, Norwich goes down. So there's two spots left. You would think that Watford is done just because of the, the points. It's just too much as well. Yes. So now there's one spot left here. One spot left. Who is joining them? Are you worried about Leeds United, Heath Pierce? Uh, I mean, I am. It, the, 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 the turnaround of Burnley at the moment is, is nothing short of spectacular. Also, the fall of, of, of Everton, you go, well, gosh, there's no, like, your, your mind tells you there's just no way Everton goes down, right? Just logically, there's no way Everton can go down um, just because of the quality that they have. I mean, they just beat, they just literally beat Chelsea. And you saw a side, and again, this has been the Pigford argument all, all, uh, all the time, which is like national team versus, versus club team. Can he have that type mm-hmm. of form? And uh, now you see one performance where the team can come together and you see the quality that Everton have that you go, just, there's just no way that in the remaining fixtures, that they're not going to be able to find a way to get some of those 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 points. Having said that, it's not an easy pathway in terms of 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 uh, their schedule. And then I look at Leeds, by the way, and I had it up here a second ago. Let me see if I still have it uh, for Leeds schedule. But uh, Leeds have maybe I don't have it up in front of me anymore. Um, but yeah, Le- Leeds have a difficult run as well. Um, and so I don't want to say I. Do you have Burnley's uh, schedule up anywhere? Let me see. Yeah, I'm going to give it Burnley's, to you right uh, now. Well, let's talk about Leeds United, which you just mentioned. Uh, uh, by the way, before we do that, Des Norris, I believe you have a good video of uh, what was going on outside the Chelsea hotel before this game against Everton. This was <laughs> what was going on. Obviously, I love it. It's getting really South American. The Premier League, Heath Pierce. It's like oh, yeah. you know, trying to keep them awake right before a game. Pretty, pretty impressive. And the fireworks display is pretty impressive. That is a good firework display. Somebody spent a lot of money on that because those don't, those do not look like cheap fireworks. Uh, <laughs> that are, if you can see them above all of the buildings, then uh, that was an investment made by a wealthy person to uh, throw, throw them off. So it's, uh, yeah. it's certainly going to be a hard one. And then, you know, uh, again, Burnley play Villa. They play Spurs. Twice. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then they play Villa and then they play. Uh, Newcastle. So uh, I don't want to say it's 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 certainly not a, not an easy one um, for sure because if you're Burnley, you're you're grinding you're grinding everything right now. But when I look at that, I go, there's probably some points there. When I when I look at Everton's schedule, it's it's again decent. Uh, you know, they play Palace, like you said, they play ben- Brentford, they play Watford, should be able to get points there, and then they finish the season against against Arsenal. Uh, and so those seem. A- little bit uh a little bit easier um than uh than than the lead one if i remember correctly lead schedule is uh to wrap up the season is they play the lead one, yeah, for they, you they've here. got arsenal they yeah. got chelsea and yeah. then they got brighton and brentford so brighton and brentford are, are are their main fixtures right that they're, that they're going to focus on now maybe you can get a point out of arsenal i doubt it maybe you get a point out of chelsea i doubt it uh because you're you're at home in that one you're away to arsenal but the Brighton and, and the Brentford are, are, are the two matches that you're going to have to get points out of. And Brentford's in, in, in good form again. They stopped their, their sort of no, nosedive. And, um, and, and Brighton are in, are in fantastic form in the, in, in the top, top half of the table. So only one loss, and I think the last five or six. And so it's not looking good for Leeds in terms of needing points. You know, but they seem to be motivated they seem to be, I mean, not this weekend, they got battered, uh, but like they seem to be, they seem to have a little bit of this like never, never say die attitude to them uh, that they had already, but with a little bit more structure under, under Jesse Marsh, the fans were obviously chanting, you're going to keep us in the, in the Premier League, you're going to keep us up, uh, but it's a long road. And if I were to look at the power or the strength of those three schedules, Leeds certainly has the hardest path to getting, say, six points out of their next four games in order to stay alive. I do think six points stays alive. Um, uh, we'll keep you in the league for sure. That's, that's 50% wins in their final four games. That's a lot. But if they can get six, uh, I, I could see them doing it. But it's going to be hard. 
It's a key injury as well for Leeds with uh, Stuart Dallas. Obviously, uh, our best thoughts with him. He came out on a stretcher that didn't look good. That's going to be important. And obviously, the game in hand that Everton have as well is going to be key. And Burnley, well, listen, I mean, under interim boss Michael Jackson, you know, they're going to be starting something. It's, uh, you, you like what I did there? Want to be starting something, Michael Jackson. There you go. Yeah, all right. Well, I'll stop on that one. We're going to take a break. Des Norris, as soon as I said that joke, let's take a break. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll give you the Champions League reports as well as the rest of Europe, including Serie A, Bundesliga, the Old Farm, final thoughts, and much more. Gigolasso Weekend Recap, HP, LME. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Kego Lasso Weekend Recap, HP, LME. We've done the Premier League. Let's talk a little bit about the Champions League report. Obviously, well, this includes two Premier League teams, of course, and two Spanish teams. But the Champions League, which you can watch exclusively on CBS Sports and Paramount Plus, will be giving you all the preview action and we'll be recapping the games on Kego Lasso as well as always. So make sure that you stay tuned with us and uh, just to keep you up to date and update you obviously if you don't know Villarreal now hosts Liverpool that's Tuesday 3 p.m. Eastern and uh, they're losing 2-0 in that one in aggregate and Real Madrid are hosting Man City and that was a ridiculous game of course 4-3 they're trailing Man City very quick uh, Champions League reports here Heath Pierce Villarreal they lost to Alaves and Liverpool just about won against Newcastle. What do you give in reports as they look up to the second leg in this one? Uh, I mean, the Villarreal one, they, I think they started three of the same players that they did in the Champions League, so they were clearly throwing it all into this. And when I watched that game, by the way, um, Liverpool completely... Like, I just didn't see anything from Villarreal where you go, well, we'll, we'll take it home and we'll get, be able to get the results. Like, they looked completely outmatched. It was one of the worst one-sided Champions League games I had seen at, at this stage of the competition in a very long time. So I worry about like, you know, maybe you get that first punch in the first 15 minutes and that gets you back into it and the team comes to life in a different way than they did in that match. But against Liverpool, it just seemed few and far between. But clearly they believe there's something there because they rested, again, I think they had three three player, three of their starters in that game uh, uh, over the weekend where they ended up losing to, to, to Alaves. So they're... They believe something. They don't believe it's over, and it's only 2-0, and so there is an opportunity for that. So uh, overall, though, it's just from a, from a rating system, you never want to come off a loss going back into like a loss and then a loss, even if it is a different squad. They clearly don't have the depth for that uh, to be able to play as many matches at this point in the season and arresting their best players to try to get a result against Liverpool, who, again, were dominant for, for, for almost start to finish uh, over, over the weekend over, over Newcastle. Newcastle didn't play particularly well. Liverpool controlled from the very beginning. There's a comfort right now with Liverpool, by the way. If you're a Liverpool fan, you know you're going to create hundreds of chances. Now, they only got one goal. That's a little bit scary. But but they rotated players as well, four or five big changes that were able to fill in and get the result and, again, save their legs for the, for the second leg as well. So with that, what grades would you give them for both sides heading into the second leg? Taking in mind, by the way, that there was rotation on both sides, um, Newcastle really, I think, let one slip because I, I really feel they could have given a little bit more. And Villarreal equally, you know, I think showed a few colors. Una Emery, by the way, said in the lead up to the second leg, you know, saying, look, we're going to have to change our, our mentality and our strategy in the second leg. So I'm expecting a different thing. And you have to. It's knockout competition. What grades do you give them as they head into the second leg? Man, I thought you were going to avoid going back to me for the grades. I didn't want to give you the grades. But, I mean, for, <laughs> ask, for Villarreal, I, I think else. they're, yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're a C uh, in terms of, you know, if we're in our traditional American schooling system, I give them a C just because, again, like you said, they're going to have to change their mentality. That's tough to do, to go from one leg to the next. And playing away from home, they were just completely to the point where I was like, I'm kind of bored with this game. You know, Liverpool are just – Villarreal struggled to get out of their own box. They struggled to get out of their own half. And when they, they did, you know, I know there's the classic, like at the best when Barcelona was at, at their best or Liverpool are at their best and they're pressing and they're chasing and they're doing these things that they really disrupted. But at a Champions League semifinal, you should be able to break pressure once in a while, build up, get into your flow, attempt a few things. And there was none of that from Villarreal. So they're going to have to change. And I'm going to say, so I'm going to say C based on the first leg, based on the fact that they rotated the squad and, and lost in, 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 in La Liga. And going back into this, it just seems too big for me to give them a higher grade 
uh, in terms of momentum. And then obviously so, on the flip side, by the way, I'll go with I'll go with an A for for Liverpool. Rotated the squad, didn't miss miss a beat. Liverpool aren't as deep as as I think we give them credit for in terms of the quality of players that they necessarily have if you're going to make five, six changes. But those players are motivated by this idea of like, we've got everything to play for still. We're going to step in and we're going to raise or elevate our level to make sure that we are going after every point in the league and we're going after everything in the Champions League and the competitions that we're still in. So everybody, make sure that you like, subscribe, and tell us your score predictions for the Champions League second legs. We'd love to know for Villarreal, obviously, as they trail 2-0 to Liverpool and Real Madrid, as they only trail one goal by one goal as 4-3 with the Man City lead. What, what, what about Real Madrid-Man City there? Heath Pierce very quickly on these reports. Real Madrid, by the way, well, the big report for them, they won 4-0 against Espanyol. Carlo Ancelotti becomes the first manager to win all top five leagues, by the way. He's won it with AC Milan, he's won it with PSG, he's won it with Chelsea, he's won it with Bayern Munich, and now he's won it with Real Madrid. A tremendous achievement. And look at that photo. I had to tweet this, Heath Pierce. Look at him. He's such a boss, man. I absolutely love this, man. Absolutely love it. What grade do you give Real Madrid, by the way, uh, as they get ready for this big game against Man City? I mean, the way I'm grading, uh, the way I'm grading uh, Real Madrid at the moment is, is I was thinking back. I was like, what did I say about them early on in the season? And we've continued to criticize them that, like, if Real Madrid are going to get uh, Mbappe or they're going to get Holland, they need uh, seven or eight other players. And to be able to do what they've done in the league and to be able to do what they're doing right now in the Champions League within one goal of potentially one of the best teams in history at a club level, you know, my – not in the Champions League necessarily because you got to, you know, to, to get that, you got to win some Champions League trophies. But in terms of the way that they play, the difficulty to play against them is nothing short of remarkable. And to see this team come together, the development of their players, and now to feel like they're maybe a few, they need a few less pieces uh, to be competitive next year. I'm going to give them uh, an A plus for wrapping up the title when they did. They, they, uh, of course, without there being a Atletico Madrid pressure or a Barcelona pressure, it changes things. You know, it was really just Sevilla all season long, and I truly believe that Sevilla just don't have that power to be able to go. Um, but but to be able to do that now and to be in the position that they're in within one goal in the Champions League, I got to give them an A+, plus unless they're just completely hungover after winning uh, the trophy. And I'm hoping that there was some, uh, you know, uh, apple ciders uh, that they were drinking uh, over, <laughs> over some of the other things. But Ancelotti had a cigar, so obviously they were taking in the moment because it is a big deal to win any trophies in your career, and they should be celebrated. Yeah, and uh, speaking of uh, transfer acquisitions that happened this season, David Alaba was key, and now he's won a league title every year since 2013. So that was a, a good one. Uh, and Man City equally won 4 nothing against the aforementioned Leeds United. Rotated. Uh, Jack Grealish was in there. Phil Foden did play, of course. Raheem Sterling. Gabriel Jesus continues to score. What, what, what grade do you give them as they faced a very hostile Leeds United, but Man City just too good in the end? Yeah, I, I mean, I grade them the same as as, as Liverpool, where I, I I just think that they're kind of in that them Real Madrid, maybe Real Madrid a little less as an A, but Liverpool and, and Man City as like A pluses, where it's going to literally come down to the final moments of the season with the form that they're in because of the chances they create, the confidence that they have. You know, there's not this this time of year, I'm used to seeing nerves. You see the nerves on some players, on some teams, where the atmosphere, the 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 implications get the best of them. But Man City just seems smooth, and Liverpool seems smooth, and they're chasing, right? And so, yeah, I'm giving them an A+. I mean, what a great great time to give an A and two A-pluses heading into a Champions League week. I, maybe I'm just trying to throw out there to make sure that these are good games. But, yeah, unbelievable teams right now. And in peak form, you know, in the final month of a season, it's 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 usually you see some sort of dips along the way. But like Liverpool, perfect across the board. Uh, Man City, pretty perfect across the board in terms of, you know, league play. You have a chasing a, a Champions League with Liverpool. You're chasing a league title with Liverpool. Um, granted, Liverpool's in every competition still. But just usually there's some sort of other storyline where it's like maybe they've fallen short or they're not great, but they're good in this competition just to see top teams 
staying at this top level at this round, of, uh, this time of the year is unbelievable. So I'm, I'm, I'm chucking out A's to everybody. You know, it's, I'm like that teacher in school who's just <laughs> waiting for summer, feeling a little bit nice, you know, so just being like, oh, don't worry about what you did for me, uh, you know, six months ago. I'm giving everyone A's. Yeah, it's like Oprah, right? You get an A, you get an A. Yeah, but this second leg, though, um, yeah, I'm excited for them because VRL have to change mentality, so I'm expecting not a sit-back situation. And if we get, like, 50% of the Real Madrid-Man City game from what we saw last week, uh, it should be pretty interesting. All right, let's uh, move on to Serie A. Well, Juventus, by the way, they clinch a top-four spot after beating Venezia and uh, Bonucci. Uh, on his birthday, scores a brace. It's a 2-1 win. So good stuff for Juventus there, Heath Pierce. Milan, they beat Fiorentina. Uh, Rafael Leo, Leo uh, settled uh, the score for the Rossoneri. And, uh, you know, that that's great. Inter, by the way, do end up winning. So things remain tight. Uh, what do you make of all that? AC Milan, of course, tops the table still. Enter Milan down by two points. But Juventus is big for them to claim Champions League uh, for next season. Yeah, and also Napoli, a little bit too little too late in terms of getting the result that they did this weekend. Um, you know, I just feel like they had a chance uh, and then to go out and batter Sassuolo is, is unbelievable. But just to have a, a few days or a week before that to lose to Empoli, they're pretty much in their chances of being in the title race a week before that, a draw with with uh, Roma a week before that, a loss to Fiorentina. So it, it just it's a frustrating time because Napoli, this was going to be one of those years. Very rarely do you get a Juventus in the state that they're in. Maybe it's going to be a few years before they can rebuild. But it was a year where three teams could have been vying into the final days for for the the Scudetto. And now AC Milan still sit on the top. Not Still not super convinced, but they seem like they've gone back to being able to figure it out. And, and now sit two points clear with three games to go. It's, it's pretty unbelievable. And we might just we might just see a, a, a trophy from AC Milan, which I predicted, but sort of as a fan with a little bit of hope, but now we're, uh, we're getting closer to that. So I don't want to speak too much on that because I do think it would be good for, for the league. If AC Milan, uh, a club that size with that much history, uh, were to go on and win the Scudetto. I believe both of us, I know I did. I predicted AC Milan to win the whole thing at the very beginning of the season. I believe you were with me on that one, uh, Heath Pierce. Uh, so, you know, we can, Yep. Do a humble brag. I, well, it's not over yet. It's only two points. But, you know, the way that they keep going, it's pretty, pretty good. By the way, some Serie A clubs inspired by Burnley, maybe. Cagliari followed Venezia's decision to sack their manager. Uh, Mazzari with four games to go as well as, you know, they look towards the bottom of the table. That's uh, There's a lot going on at the bottom of Serie A, Heath Pierce. <laughs> it's, listen, I've been at the bottom of a table. And uh, <laughs> I... I have been through a number of managers when things are tense and tough and they don't always make sense. But occasionally when you know there's this much money on the line and it's not working, you have a conversation with a few players or even some of your wider staff, because some staffs will have like sort of that fourth, fourth assistant that's been there at the club, club legend, always around, you know, like a striker coach or a defender coach. And you have a word with the, the, your group and you just have to ask that question. Is this person capable of, of, of making it happen? And if the answer is no, you might get a lift out of just firing a coach and seeing if that, that helps the players sort of motivate going into the, fi the final uh, point of the season. But, I mean, you're looking at it. The, the problem is, is Salernitana now have two games in hand against uh, – uh, uh, how, how do you pronounce it? I've said it wrong. Cagliari. 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 Yeah, one of, my, one, of my, one of my old friends and teammates played for them, a uh, Swedish guy. And uh, he would correct me then, and I, I feel like it got into my head, and now I can't ever say it right. Um, <laughs> but Saler, so, so, Salernitana, yeah, spelled the, wrong. Yeah, it's spelled, yeah, it's spelled they, wrong. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. Salernitana. <laughs> See, this yeah, is somebody, why. It's because if people are spelling it wrong to me. It's not my problem. There's people. Um, yeah, there's uh, some drunk people in there. Yeah. Well, they play. They play tomorrow and on Thursday. They're going to be facing Atalanta and Venezia this week. Yeah. That, I mean, by the way, Milan faced Atalanta uh, in the second last game of the season in just two weeks' time, and that's going to be a crazy be a one as well if they want to be able to. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, but down at the bottom of the table, though, it is it is hairy. I remember we went, and, and I'll keep this off the record, but trying to position an opportunity for a follow documentary with Venezia, with with their staff, with, with Paramount Plus and, and CBS. And their nervousness was like, we don't want to show – 
behind the curtain here because of it is chaos, right? It looks beautiful because we've got these cool kit designs and they've got this really cool branding, but they're like behind the behind the curtain, like this place is, is trying to figure itself out. It's growing from Serie D to all the way up to now Serie A. Like that's a fast way to get there. And, and so they were nervous about like, I know it seems romantic and we want to tell the story, but we've got to figure out how we're going to stay in the league first. And you can see now throughout the season, they've really struggled uh, to, to really get a grip on at any point of staying stable for even one, two, three results in a row. Well, I tell you something, the most exciting documentary I've seen was Sunderland Till I Die, and that's exactly what happened to them. They were trained, they were, they were meant to record a story about Sunderland's triumphant return to the Premier League, and instead they went down to League One. Uh, so sometimes the stories are better than the situation themselves. By the way, Sunderland are in the playoffs for this one as well, so maybe they'll come back to the championship this time around. Who's going down to Serie B, by the way? I'm asking everybody out there, who do you think... Keith Pierce, who's going down to study about who's getting relegated? Man, I'm, I'm guessing Salernitana is in a fantastic run of form right now. They were, they were, a, I, I thought midway through the season, I was like, this team's finishing 20th. So I think they do jump. They've got a couple games in hand. And I think uh, Cagliari uh, is going to go down and be the third team to join uh, Venezia, uh, Venezia and Genoa. I just don't see them being able to claw their way out. After that, it's, I mean, it's one of those, it's three of those four teams. You're not going to get anybody else uh, that that goes down. So it's you know everybody else is pretty much safe in terms of in terms of points. So, but again, when I look at it, Salernitana have a, a busy schedule this week. They've got five games left, and they are three points behind. So you never know down there. It seems like you go five games, three points. They should be able to cover that delta, but it's not that easy. You know, these teams can all these teams could lose out, um, and 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 nothing would change. So I think. I think we could see a jump, though, with Salernitana in the form that they're in because they just hit a nice little stride. And this is exactly when you, when you want to – I mean, you want to hit a stride all season long. But if you're a relegation-battling team, and most teams in, in Italy do come up just to go down again, they could be a surprise uh, finish and stay safe in, in Serie A. All right. Well, let's move on to the Bundesliga, Heath Pierce, a league that you know well, by the way. Uh, obviously, we pretty much know what's going to – you know, everything pretty much sorted towards uh, the top of the table, but there's still some other storylines. The race for fourth is a key one as well. Two big games, by the way, on Monday to determine who joins Bayern and Dortmund in next season's Champions League. Gladbach against Leipzig, Leverkusen against Frankfurt as well, and Leverkusen against Freiburg on the final match day already feels pretty big. Erlen Haaland, by the way, he did his thing as well. Uh you know, even though they still lost, but, you know, the sale price and the interest, obviously, of Erling Haaland continues. He did his thing. Any thoughts on the Bundesliga there, Heath Pierce, a league that you know well? I don't remember what happened with Bochum earlier this year, but I think they've beaten a couple teams pretty bad, and I think they've been beaten real bad. And I remember us talking about it, and I my, my, my like, I'm, I'm not going to be able to search their results fast enough to know, but... I remember Bochum sort of being in the news quite a bit this year. But Freiburg is the one that's most surprising. I'd love to see Freiburg be able to slip in. Unfortunately, that would be at the sacrifice of an RB Leipzig or it would be at the sacrifice of a Leverkusen. And, and, but Leipzig, I mean, Leipzig beat Leverkusen. So they're, they're in that hunt. And then they go on to, to, to lose to, to, um, to uh, Union Berlin. And so it's just a weird... It's a weird thing right now. You know, I'm trying to focus on like the positives of like, oh yeah, you know, Tyler Adams is getting games right now, but they might find themselves out of a Champions League spot with the form that Freiburg have been, have been in. You know, look at Dortmund. Dortmund's lost more than Freiburg have so far this season. They just know how to get, grind out three points when they've got them in hand and not give it up and, and end up in draws. But it's going to be an interesting finish to the end of the season for the Bundesliga. Obviously, you know, that's why I didn't say much to, to uh, Des's point on on David Alaba winning winning uh, a league title since 2013 is because he's at Bayern Munich. What do you want from me? You know, it's automatic. Uh, but it was spectacular to see because they were getting a lot of slack at the beginning of the season at Real Madrid, saying, "Man, this team is not very good." And to win that, I think, is remarkable. Not to go back onto that point, but the, the top four finish in uh, in the Bundesliga is going to be a great one. And of course, this is the time of year where. You start to look at the bottom of the tables as well and start to go, man, there's a few teams fighting. And Hertha Berlin, um, barely, obviously, this is a 34-match 34, 34 league, um, right? 18, 18, 36, yep, that's 36, right. Yep. 34. Yep. 
34 match man my math is amazing right now i mean uh, i'm just so you're coming down to the end of it yeah well it's 17 times you play 17 games times two yeah 34 games so they've got two league games mat left so herta might just be safe augsburg are likely safe not so much to the to the to the to the help of our boy ricardo pepe but um yeah an interesting time of the year in the bundesliga for sure but again this is the funny thing that i that i think about a lot um the Bundesliga is just stuck with 18 teams, right? And you look at some of the other leagues, and it's just, I wonder, is there enough quality to go to 20 or is 18 the right? And if what other leagues should implement 18 teams as well? Because we played, when I was in Denmark, by the way, 12 teams in the league. Two went down. It was kind of crazy compared to Germany, you know, 18 teams, which isn't even as many as the championship, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. It's a dream. By the way, your point about Bochum, they got killed by Bayern Munich 7 nothing, and then later on they won 4-2. So Bayern Munich was their, was their key there. We have a question, by the way, asking about um, Nico Schulterbeck. Uh, there you go. Do you think Freiburg lose them even if they make the Champions League one year left in contract? I mean, probably. You got to cash in when you're a club. When you're, when you're, uh, when you're a club that size, you, you cash in. Mm. You have to, because that sets up the stability. Uh, Freiburg historically are, are not a massive club in, in Germany. And so when you have these types of years, that's the fine balance. I mean, this literally goes back to the Spurs conversation. And they're a massive yeah. club of like, what yeah. do you do? Champions League, you get the money, you, you keep this team together. You've got Harry Kane, who's in fantastic form, even though he was completely out of it for the first three months of the season. It's a, it's a very difficult question of, of keeping managers and keeping players when you go into to, to, to Champions League, if there's an opportunity to move them on that could be significantly beneficial to not only the Champions League money you get, but then you add that to the opportunity to, to, to move players on and, and, and the fee that could come with that, that could trickle down for quite a ways for a club the size of uh, Freiburg. Yeah, it's part of the Bundesliga philosophy as well to just try, you know, unless you're like Bayern Munich or somebody, trying to, you know, create this, you know, uh, level where you can become a transferable business uh, club and company well, he's just right. going to end up at Bayern Munich anyway he's just going to end up at Bayern yeah, Munich exactly, anyway you know? exactly uh, Bayern all, the all whole league is built around Bayern. feeding Bayern so yeah, exactly 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 all right well that was it let's do our final thoughts here obviously the old firm is the main point of our final thoughts it ended one all that you were able to watch on Paramount Plus CBS Sports of course uh Celtic six points clear with three matches to go Rangers are still alive in Europa League and Scottish Cup final uh, and hearts still to come. So a lot to play for for everybody involved. Uh, some other final thoughts. Uh, Renato Sanchez there with two yellows for descent within five seconds of each other and Lille lose three nothing. I don't know if you saw the footage, by the way, but in Turkey, uh, Traps on Spore, uh, they won their first uh, Super League title in 38 years and the town uh, which is in the Black Sea province, they went absolutely nuts. The, all the phones were up. It was kind of like a Justin Bieber concert. It was amazing. Wigan, they win uh, League One. So they're in the championship. Pretty amazing for them. And Sebastian Ferreira scored a ridiculous goal in the Texas Derby in MLS. Uh, but Houston still lost 2-1 to Austin. So Michael LaHood, aside from getting married. And look, there's, there's by the way, the scenes in, uh, in Turkey. Amazing. As uh, Traps on Sport won their first Super League title in 38 years. Final thoughts, Heath Pierce. You can mention anything that I mentioned. Look, look at that. Strobe lights. It was crazy. Any final thoughts from this weekend that we didn't mention, buddy? Um, Angel City won their oh, first yeah, ever uh, yeah. league match, uh, which, was, which was awesome to see. A sold-out crowd at Bank of California Stadium uh, was, was really cool. Unbelievable. I didn't get a chance to go to the game. Uh, but I plan to go to quite a few, obviously, with my with my kids. But it was just that was a, that was a cool uh, little moment uh, in, in time for the league, and with, with a league that's still averaging a pretty low attendance across the league. Hopefully, this starts to elevate uh, uh, things like that. And then the final thing was Lille losing that game. I mean, they're going to fall out of Europe, and Lille. What I worry is what we talked about with Team Away, Champions League club, you know, champions, like all this stuff. Now it just becomes Lille again. <laughs> and if you, he needs to be playing at Lille, right? Like it's, it's a completely different narrative of like, look at all the te the clubs that our players are playing at that Lille just becomes a French league club. And now he's got to be playing at, at there, not even the size of like a Marseille where, uh, where um, Conrad is. So 
it's one of those situations where I go, man, where's the future go for him? Is this the right place? Can he, can he, can he have the impact? He played and, and he wasn't one of the ones um, subbed off in, 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 in all the craziness of, of the red card. And it might've been the second red card in that game, but um, yeah, I, I worry about that for him. But other than that, yeah, man, it's great to see you again, LME. Great to see you. I love you, man. I love you. Love having you. Just one final note on Lille. They're prepared to sell Jonathan David, by the way, per our Fabrizio Romano. So be ready for that one. But uh, the other final note, Nashville opening up their new stadium as they host Philadelphia Union at 4 p.m. Eastern. You can see that one. But Heath Beers, always a pleasure to have you, man. Love you, brother. It's always good. In soccer, we trust Heath Pierce at Heath Pierce. Obviously, he'll be a continuous part of our family as well. But in soccer, we trust three times a week. Or is it four times now? I I've lost count, man. I don't know. You guys keep we're growing. Three. We're, 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 we, we, we are three at the moment. But I miss all of you guys that tune in day in and day out for uh, Kegelos. So it's been a lot of fun. I miss you all. Uh, and I look forward to, to joining you guys again soon. Absolutely, brother. Heath Beard, thank you so much. Have some fun there in Phoenix. Uh, make sure that you stay cool, man, because it's nice and hot out there. But HP, thank you, brother. I appreciate you. Woo. All right. Thank, Thank you, you, everybody, for being part of the family. Que Golazo Pod on Twitter, youtube.com forward slash Que Golazo. Remember, our YouTube uh, channel, we keep growing. Please continue to like and subscribe and spread the word. Champions League, second leg semifinals coming up. We got Fabrizio Romano to open up the week on Monday morning, as well as our Champions League previous, I just said. We have the recaps. We have so much more. And look at all those kids. Support us with Alianza de Football. El Sueño continues for all of those who keep trying to make their dream of being a professional player continuing. I love it. Is there a website, Heath Pierce? Alianza de Football still going? Is it just a Ventures one? What's going on? Yeah, yeah. Alianza de Football.com. Um, love There's it. a website. But, uh, you know, we, 10 City Tour. We'd love to see everybody uh, come out and, and, you know, hopefully we can provide more opportunities and accessibility for everyone in the Hispanic soccer world. Preach, brother. Preach. That's why you're an adopted Latino, man. I'm doing it for you right now. I'm officially <laughs> adopting you. And also, you live in Cali, so you basically are as well. Yeah. But <laughs> thank you, everybody, for being part of the family. Que golazo on Twitter, youtube.com forward slash que golazo. Have a great rest of your Sunday. We will see you next time. HP, LME. See you next time. Till then.